This is another sports podcast. Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to another damn sports podcast. I am Drew Torres. He is Money Mike Gilchrist, and Mike. It's unfortunate because I feel like our listener count is going to go down over the next or the remaining weeks of the NFL season because, as I mentioned before, a lot of our listeners are Bills fans. They are at a new low that they're experiencing in comparison to what it's been like to be a Bills fan over the past three years. So I don't know if they're going to be want to they're going to want to listen to us talk about the Bills, you talk about the Bills specifically, I think they might want a little bit of an escape from football, wouldn't you say? I mean, I can understand that, but at the same time, you have to face reality, and the reality is that I've been right for, about the Bills this entire time we've done this podcast. Oh, geez, what are I you, Nick, wrong. right now? Jesus. I, I, was, I was wrong one time. I was wrong one <laughs> – no, twice. I was wrong twice. I was wrong when I picked the Patriots to beat them in that playoff game. Okay. And I was wrong about saying they were the best team in the AFC four weeks into the season after the first quarter. That was an an incorrect prisoner of the moment take, and I apologize for misleading our loyal viewing audience. And anybody that was new that listened to that particular episode, well, wow, this Mike guy is really behind the Buffalo Bills. No, no, they stink. They're terrible. And every Bills fan that is frustrated might want to listen to this because they need to channel their anger. And maybe I could be a target for that. I'm okay with that. <laughs> I, I imagine that most of the things you're going to say today, as trolly as they are, and as trolly as the kind of inflection is going to be, a lot of the content, a lot of the actual substance of what you're saying is going to be true. And the real substance here of the Buffalo Bills is the fact that they have really disappointed throughout this entire season. They've had one singular stretch from week two to week four, right, where they went on an amazing stretch run against the Raiders, Commanders, and Dolphins. They destroyed them all. Looked like world beaters. Looked like one of the best teams in the NFL, if not the best team in the NFL. Since then, since going over to London and losing to my Jacksonville Jaguars, which we'll go to go to in a minute, they have looked like a complete shell of themselves. Josh Allen has been turning the ball over at a high rate. Most interceptions in the NFL, if I'm not mistaken. Um... They have looked very out of sync on offense in general, and we've talked a lot about how Trey White and Matt Milano being out of the defense has obviously hurt them, but their defense has still been playing okay, right? They still can't stop the run, but they haven't been able to stop the run for the entire period that they've been a good team as of late. Um, but the offense, man, the offense is not helping them. There's a lot of conversations around how they operate too much out of the shotgun. They can't obviously get a run game going consistently they did in this broncos game but it was a little bit of a too little too late scenario and now they sit here at five and five we're going to be talking specifically about how their playoff chances look going forward how disappointing this outcome is for the buffalo bills losing to the denver broncos where we alluded to last week that this was kind of a must win Right, we we've talked about their schedule. We've talked about the the fact that they have the Eagles, the Cowboys, the Chiefs, the Dolphins again. Who obviously they beat them once before, but can they beat them twice? And then the Chargers are 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 uh, 
uh, at least hitting their stride on offense. It's just their their remaining schedule is so difficult for them to have to win in the stacked AFC five more games. You would think, right? Every wild card yeah. team is most likely going to need ten wins. It's a tall order. Yeah, at the very least, you need ten. There's seven games left, so you have to go five and two in these last seven games. And with the schedule that they have, that is very very daunting, especially having to go to Kansas City. Which, by the way. I, that was a really surprising thing to learn on the Manning cast last night, that Patrick Mahomes has never played in Buffalo where there was a crowd because the only time he's played against the Bills in Buffalo was during 2020 when fans weren't allowed in the stadium. So this is the only time going to Buffalo. Every other time, and I feel like the Chiefs and Bills have played a lot, every single time it's at Arrowhead. And again, they're going to be playing at Arrowhead once again. They have to play the Philadelphia Eagles, and I believe that's also in Philly. Um, they'll have to host the Dallas Cowboys. Um, that's going to be a tough game. Although you don't know what Dallas team you're going to get. But you don't know what Buffalo team you're going to get. Heck, they lost to the Jets already once this year, and that's who's coming into town next week. Uh, I mean, no, the, the Bills are a mess. And they, you know, as we, you've, you may have learned on this show that between the two of us, I'm the one who does a lot of research behind the scenes on things, okay? And while I was doing some Bills research, I came to learn that last night's loss was the 500th loss in the history of the Buffalo Bills. They have an all-time record of 467 and 508. For those who are okay with simple math that is a all-time losing record um and you know i started watching football about 20 years ago you know but you know usually most kids start watching professional sports and getting into it when you're around 9 10 years old i think uh maybe it's a little earlier now with the like social media uh, access that kids have but you know people have been saying all over social media we as drew said we have a lot of bills fans in our network we're from you know syracuse new york he now lives in buffalo i lived in buffalo so we have encountered a lot of bills mafia okay and everyone's saying Sean McDermott needs to be fired. Ken Dorsey got fired today. Uh, he was kind of the scapegoat fired uh, this afternoon after the loss. And everyone wants to say Sean McDermott needs to be fired. And I don't say that that's out of bounds. Um, what I will say is this. Sean McDermott took over the Buffalo Bills in 2017. Okay. From 2003, 20 years ago, 2003 to 2016, the Bills never made the playoffs once. They finished in their division for eight straight years over that time during that span. They averaged about six wins a game, so they were bad enough to not make the playoffs, but they weren't bad enough to get a high draft pick to turn things around. Sean McDermott comes in. They've made the playoffs every year since 2017, except for one year in 2018. They made it to the AFC Championship game, which they have not done since 30 years ago to this year in 1993. Mm-hmm. And they've won the division three straight years. So be careful what you wish for, Bills fans, because – Things can change real quick, and you can get back to that irrelevant franchise that you've been for most of your life and most of our lifetime for our friends. So, yeah, Sean McDermott, there were some big mistakes last night, especially, I mean, God, <laughs> the 12 <laughs> men on the field. I had said, yeah. we're watching, we're, so so uh, we watch this game. We have a group chat. Uh, one of our friends in the chat is obviously a diehard Bills fan. He's been on this show many times. And I said, he's actually the in the chat. Interference, Shout out to Nick Padula in the chat. Uh, yeah. Yeah, he's been giving I said, his thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> I, I said the um, the kicker for Denver was not a lock. Just because they gave up that pass interference penalty does not mean the kicker's going to make it. And he didn't make it. He missed it. But then you saw the flags on the field, and it was 12 men. Now, is Ken Dorsey at fault for the special teams unit not getting it correct? I mean, if you think about it, the Bills' offense, as bad as they were last night, did their job at the end of the game, and the defense gave up the pass interference, and the special teams did the 12 men on the field. So it was yeah. the other two units that ended up costing the game at the very end. Same as the Except Patriots the offense- game. Yeah, that's what happened in that game, too. So, yeah, Ken Dorsey got fired. He was the kind of the scapegoat. The offense has not looked good, and they haven't really looked good since 
Brian Dayball left. Like Josh Allen has kind of reverted back to being a super turnover machine. But at the same time, he's led the league in turnovers every single year. He's been a starting quarterback. Yeah. Every I, year. Right. And I t- totally understand that discourse. Now, I do want to bring up some points here and kind of the counter to, to what you were talking about with Sean, Sean McDermott. I 100% agree with you with the fact that obviously sometimes just destroying everything, hoping that you can just magically find that new head coach that's going to bring you to the promised land. That only works out a small percentage of the time, right? Countless times we've seen uh, coaches that have done a decent job get fired, hopefully uh, from that, a team that's hopefully looking to make a run, and then they end up getting worse. So that's obviously a possibility with the Bills, and they don't Bills fans more than anybody don't want to slip back into that period of mediocrity. The thing, the only pushback I would give you in relation to the Sean McDermott thing, is none of those coaches prior, whether it was freaking Rex Ryan or whoever else was coached before that none of them had Josh Allen none of them had Stephon Diggs right those teams were just not that good right and and for all those years it was a mediocre roster for a mediocre franchise and now we finally have a team that's built offensively you would think to be explosive to make a run to be able to contend with teams like the Chiefs like um the, the ravens everybody else in the the bengals everybody else in the afc that's always a perennial contender for the afc title and there are some thoughts that obviously the bills window is closing nick in the chat says there's no coming back from this team not making the playoffs this year he's he's as a bills fan is already just assuming they're not going to make the playoffs this year Oh, it's a tall it's, task. It's, there, there's some feeling that the this team has been wasted because there isn't a great offensive mind leading this team where the biggest asset is Josh Allen who could really benefit from that offensive line and bring him to that next level. That that's kind of the argument about getting rid of Sean McDermott. Is it too little too late? Who knows? The, the, the bills are going to have some calf issues over the next couple of years. Stephon Diggs is clearly unhappy, going to be unhappy and it's going to get worse as the season goes on. So it, it's just an absolute mess in Buffalo. I totally understand why they let go of Ken Dorsey. This offense has looked significantly worse since your boy Brian Dayball left. So they had to do something. But I wouldn't be surprised if Sean McDermott is also let go at the end of the season. Do I think that's going to fix everything? No, it, 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 I, I really don't. If it does, then great. But the last point I'll make on uh, on this, and then I'll let you talk. Sean Aroni, our, our Bears friend, he brought up the good point that it will kind of support what you said. He said the Bears had a great or a good record, solid record under Lovey Smith for a long time. But it was just a lot of okay years, right? They would make the playoffs, they had great defense, they made the Super Bowl that one time. So they're like, fine, okay, let, let's let them go. Let's get an offensive-minded coach. Let's get Matt Nagy. And now they've gone an extended period of time, mediocre or bad. So the same thing could happen to the Bills, like you said. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the Bears have been terrible ever since. So, (laughs) (laughs) right. Yeah. But, you know, hey, look, if you fire Sean McDermott, do you then also do you fire Brandon Bean? Because he came in at the same time as McDermott. Uh, So is it just time to start over with a new front office as well? I don't don't think so, because the roster is still it's been solid this entire time. The the argument is that the roster hasn't been made to reach its full potential because of the coaching that's also the oldest it's also the oldest roster on by average age in the nfl right so they're gonna probably have to let some people go they're gonna have to rebuild they're gonna have to restructure some things and it, it the current structure that built this 
team who you want at the steering wheel for the next you know reiteration of what they do i don't know again they're five and five they're the right now as it stands they are seated 10th in the afc so that's three spots behind but the teams that are ahead of them are five and four see this is what i hate about freaking bye weeks man so they're so random i i think that what they should do seriously i think this would be more fair because it's so weird that some teams have bye weeks at like week five but then the other teams have to wait all the way till like week 13 it, it's so like ridiculous so I, I think they should do i doubt they'll do this but like weeks eight and nine, half the league has a buy on week eight, and the other half has a buy on week nine. And then by week ten, everyone's played the same amount of games, and it's just you can it's easier to keep track of, and it's just it's better for everybody. I think it's more fair. My that's my two cents on that one point. But the Bills are five and Not five. The point the, I was the, expecting today. <laughs> yeah, the but it, that's a good idea, right? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay. You know, from you're from a fairness standpoint, I agree. We won't get into it, but yeah, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> no, so the Texans have the seventh seed right now. They're five and four. So you're one game back in the lost column from a wild card spot. So are you dead in the water? No. And, you know, just to give the Bills fans a tiny bit of hope, this might be a little cruel, but to give them a little bit of hope, the Baltimore Ravens in 2012, around beginning of December, they were at about a 500 record, maybe just over 500, just out of the playoff hunt. They fired their offensive coordinator, and they ended up going on a run where Joe Flacco Joe, January Joe Flacco, won the Super Bowl. Yeah. So it is possible to turn things around. They have the ability to do it. I think if they play at their potential, the problem is Josh Allen turns the ball over more than any other quarterback ever, it seems like. I mean, he has 90 – let me I, – I wrote this down. Hold on. In 87 games he started as a quarterback in the regular season, he has 94 turnovers. That's over a turnover a game, Drew. Now – People are saying on shows that, well, they just have to not turn the ball over. Well, that's real easy to say. Yeah, he, that's not who he is. That's not who he is. So, it's easier said than done, man. And As a, a fan of a team who has turned the ball over a ton this season, it's easier said than done because it's been a consistent talking point every single week for the Jaguars. We still continue to turn the ball over. So it, it's it's just so frustrating to, to watch as a pseudo-Bills fan myself, all of these Bills fans, knowing that jo- what Josh Allen can do, right? He's elite. He's one of the guys, he's, he can be elite. We've seen him be elite. We've seen him be one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. <laughs> but just the bonehead throws, the bonehead decisions, the horrible positions that he throws his team in, even Bills fans are, they're not turning on Josh, but they're starting to be like, dude, the fuck, man? <laughs> like yeah. there's, there's only so much like blind support you can give a guy and you're really and, hoping and, that he can turn it around. And people overlooked the turnovers when the Bills were winning because it, they, they were talented enough to overcome the mistakes. They're now not being able to overcome the mistakes. And in this league, you lose more often than you win. Yeah. And what I mean by that is if you make too many mistakes, just because you're the better talented team on paper does not mean you're going to win the, the freaking football game. Yeah. If you, like, the, re- the reason the New York Giants went 9-7 and seven last year, 9-6-1 and six and one with that stupid tie to Washington. The reason that they w- went to the playoffs last year is because Brian Dayball had them playing sound football. They weren't beating themselves. They weren't really that good. They just weren't beating themselves, and they were keeping themselves in games, and they were able to win it at the end. The Bills were doing everything in their power to lose to the Denver Broncos, who are on paper a worse team than them. They, did, they lost the turnover ratio again, and then they had the penalties... And they had the two penalties at the end that put Denver in a position to win the game. Mm-hmm. That shouldn't have happened. That shouldn't have happened. And I, I, I do have to say this comment in the chat from Nick. He says five and five and five with losses to the Jets, Patriots, and Broncos. 
and y'all are giving them a chance to go five and two against the remaining schedule. Get out of here. I hate that I'm, I'm going to watch it all anyway. That's what he said. I, I'm not. I'm not saying that they are. I'm saying that they technically they have a chance. I'm not saying that they're going to pull it off. I, if, I, if I were to bet, I'm saying they're not going to pull it off. No, but I, I'm, and I think most people would agree with you. 100%. It's a week to week, but as you've you've said many a times, it's a week to week league. Our perception of their of their situation could be completely different if they win against the Jets, and then what if they beat the Eagles in Philadelphia? Yeah, we'd be like, okay, they're okay, right? That's what our, <laughs> right. our well, that's what the attitude would be if we came in here. If we came in here, then they were seven and five, and they just beat the team that went to the Super Bowl last year. Yeah, in their house, where they've been undefeated so far this season, we would then be like. Okay, the Bills are have a shot. You know, uh, the attitude will be completely different. That's exactly what Nick said earlier too. His prediction is they're going to beat the Jets in an ugly game, then they're going to somehow upset Philly, going into the bye, get their hopes up, and then lose out <laughs> and crush <laughs> and crush everybody's souls. <laughs> I mean, the most Bills way to end the season. My gosh. Oh, uh, uh, that's great. Yeah, um, I mean, real we'll, quick, we'll see what happens. Russell Wilson. Sneaky decent season uh, this year. He, he's top 10 in basically all passing quarters and top categories and top five in a few 17 touchdowns to four interceptions. I think you might have heard what Steve the Oracle Denblaker was saying about him last season. You know, it's funny. Uh, talk about perception of a team. The Denver Broncos, they didn't have those losses at the end where they, they lost the game. Again, they, they beat themselves against Chicago, against the Raiders week one, and uh, against the Jets. Turn those three losses they have into wins. They're seven and two, and we would have a much different tone about the Denver Broncos than we do right now. The so yeah, is, though, no, that that would have been the record. But you watch them play, and they're just so uninspiring. They really I know, are. no, I, I know. <laughs> they're, they're they're not they're in the same boat. That's the thing about the Bills. that's so disappointing for for Bills fans is they're in the same boat as the Denver Broncos. Yeah, they're a team that's going to be mediocre um, and not make the playoffs. And that's just, it's shocking. I, I, I knew there was a different tone uh, about the Bills this year in terms of how people were talking about them. Like, because last year, they were everybody's favorite to go to the Super Bowl. Everyone except for me and Nick Wright. They said, oh, yeah, the Bills are the favorite to go to the Super Bowl. And I'm like, wait, wait, time out. Let them try to win an AFC championship game before you talk about them winning the fucking Super Bowl. Um, and now, I mean, I predicted before the season they'd be the last team to make the playoffs in the AFC. Now, that still could happen. But I think it's more unlikely now. It's more unlikely now, but I definitely do not see them winning the division. Yeah. And I, I did not pick them to win the division this year. I picked the Jets, but that was because I thought they had Aaron Rodgers right. the whole season. All right, Mike. <laughs> nobody, nobody likes a gloater. Okay, we're we're gonna we're gonna move on to the next game of the week, which was a dumpster fire of epic proportions, and that was the Jacksonville Jaguars hosting the San Francisco 49ers, coming off of a bye. Both teams. Coming off of a bye, the 49ers obviously making a big splash at the trade deadline, trading for Chase Young to put opposite Nick Bosa, crazy pass rushers on both sides, making it a nightmare for every quarterback that they face. The Jaguars coming into this game, lots of hype. Longest winning streak in the NFL, strung together some good wins against some teams who are currently in the playoff picture. And the Jaguars' defense, as I've spoken about throughout this entire season, has really shown up and kind of carried the struggling offense to this point. I stupidly made the prediction last week. Oh, the Jaguars coming out of the bye are going to be slinging it all around the field. They're going to be throwing it deep. Their offense is going to look entirely different. 
and we're going to win this game against the San Francisco 49ers. This game was fucking horrible from the jump. I spent two weeks, two goddamn weeks, getting excited about this game. I was so hyped for this game. It felt like a playoff game. I was like, the Jaguars can prove it to the world, can prove it to the national media that we are for real. We deserve to be towards the top of the AFC. And now, here we are in the in the middle of the pack. The one good win that we have from a national media standpoint against the Buffalo Bills is looking worse and worse with each passing week. And now nobody thinks that we can beat any good teams, which is fair. Because I want to end this tirade. We'll talk about this game at length, but... I want to end this tirade by saying, and referencing those two tweets I sent you, per Pro Football Focus, in multiple categories, we have the worst offensive line in football. And I've said this before, I'm not making excuses for Trevor. If you want to be an elite quarterback, you need to be good, regardless of how good your offensive line is. He looked terrible in this game. He was pressured constantly, and even when he wasn't pressured, he looked skittish. He wasn't making the correct reads. He was forcing the ball down the field. And the the 49ers were ready for our dink and dunk horizontal offense that we've been running all season. They basically sat on everything that was 10 yards or less and dared the Jaguars to throw the ball down the field. Kyle Shanahan even said, make this guy play quarterback. That's what he told his players. And it, it worked to perfection. Yeah, uh, Jags are going to come out of the bye week and throw it all over the field. What a, That did not age well. Um, <laughs> <laughs> look, I, I think that, yes, you have the worst offensive line in football, um, but you were coming up against a team that was, you know, 5-0, and then lost three straight. They traded for Chase Young. They had a bye. Um, now Chase Young and Nick Bosa are former teammates at Ohio State. They were just itching to play together in the NFL. Um, this team was angry. They wanted to make a statement. They're still one of the elite teams in the NFL, not just the NFC. Um, you know, Brock Purdy's been scrutinized these last few weeks. Um, he had Debo Samuel back. He had Christian McCaffrey back. They were angry and ready to send a message. And I think they would have beaten all 31 teams in the NFL yet uh, on Sunday. They just were ready. It was just a, the Jags were caught in a firestorm, and their offensive line just wasn't ready to take that punishment. Now. I did not help your hype by saying that, hey, you know, the, the 49ers are a contender in the NFC. The Jags are a contender in the AFC. This is a potential Super Bowl preview. And if this is the Super Bowl, it's going to fucking suck because that was just a horrible game to watch. <laughs> I mean, it just was. I mean, but the Jags defense, uh, you can blame the offensive line, but the Jags defense did not play well at all. Uh, the 49ers moved the ball against them easily. I mean, it was just like too easy. Uh, they were the first defense to not allow a touchdown to Christian McCaffrey uh, in God knows how long. How so. fucking embarrassing was that? We're, we're down <laughs> by 34 to 3, and you've got the other team leaving their star players on to try and get records. Thank yeah. God that they, they didn't get it. Like, that, yeah. that would have just made it so much worse. <laughs> yeah. No, it, it, this was not a fun game to watch. And it, it, what made it worse for the Jags? is it, it the narrative of them not being a good home team continues. I mean, they're now one and three in their stadium in Jacksonville. They technically, if you look up their stats saying that they're two and three at home, one of those wins is in London. So, you know. Dude, this, this was just such a tough game to watch. And it's not all on Trevor, right? The I was listening to a Jags radio show. They really dove deep into what went wrong in this game. And the, the, the receivers weren't getting any separation either. 
Nobody was running any good routes. Nobody was able to help the guy out. But I truly do think that Trevor is starting to regress because of how poorly this offensive line has played all season and the fact that we have had to kind of cater our offensive playbook to the fact that the offensive line sucks. That has kind of caused Trevor to not be as confident when he has to make reads down the field, and it's causing him to not be able to make the decisions that you would think an elite quarterback in the league, as long as he has been, would be able to make. I'm hoping yeah. that they figure this out. I think their game against Tennessee can be a huge uh, bounce-back game, and they typically do bounce back pretty well after they ha- they play games like this. Right? We, we went out to London and beat the Atlanta Falcons handily after losing to the Texans earlier this season. Last year, we got destroyed by the Lions. Um, and then after that, we went on a winning streak all the way to the AFC Divisional playoff game. So I think this team does know how to bounce back, and I think they will. They're a great team. But as we're going to, as we'll talk about right now, them losing this game and the Houston Texans going on this run of beating the Bucks and the Bengals in the final seconds has really made this race for the AFC South pretty tight. Um, yeah. And I guess we can kind of dive into that, Mike. What, what were your thoughts on the Texans pulling out this game against the Cincinnati Bengals and throwing the AFC fully for a loop? Uh, I mean, TJ Stroud, once again, looking fantastic. Um, you know, he's really carrying a team that's not that great on paper, but he is uh, their confidence in him and them being able to still be in these tight games and him being able to put the team in a position at the very end of the game in a position to win that instills confidence. And they're getting more and more confidence as the, the weeks go on. I mean, he had that phenomenal game against Tampa Bay, right? I mean, in fantasy PPR leagues, he scored over 80 points uh, this week. Yeah. You know, they made some mistakes against the Bengals, but you know what? They were able to uh, still go out there and win the game when it counted at the very end on the road against the Bengals team that was starting to get hot. So, I, I, they're look. They're five and four. The Jags are six and three. They've already beaten the Jags. They have an easier schedule than the Jags. They still have to play the Jags one more time, and this time it'll be at home. Now the Jags have been a better road team than home team this year, so that's not a guarantee. But the last time the Jags went to Houston, what happened? Houston, Houston beat them. So and Houston, we talked about this last time they played the Jaguars. They usually succeed against Jacksonville. They have the Jags number. They're one of those teams that just. It's hard for the Jags to play against them. They see that, you know, blue and red horned thing. I don't know what that logo is supposed bowl. to be. I don't know. If it's, it's a bull. It's a bull. <laughs> uh, you know. Jesus, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they see the logo, yes, and they get intimidated. That's what you're yes, saying. That's, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The bull thing, you know, whatever. <laughs> Who cares? Yeah. No, it's uh, it's totally understandable, right? I. I will say, kind of kind of to start this point, it, it, like you said before, it is a week-to-week league. It seems like every team that's that's feeling high about themselves, that's feeling like they're one of the best teams in the league and they, on a run, it seems every week one of those teams falls off. This past week, I feel like it was the Jaguars and the, the Ravens as well, which we'll talk about in a moment. Um, the Chiefs a couple weeks before that. You know, It just seems like every team falls off eventually if they're making a run. Um, but... Because, like I said before, the the gap is closed so much. We only have a one game lead against Houston. We played te- the Texans, like you said, uh, the w- the week after next. The Jaguars need to win next week against the Titans, and then they need to beat the Texans. 
After that, they have this gauntlet of a setup. I don't know how this happened, but we're playing the fucking Bengals, then the Browns, and then the Ravens. Three, three, uh, two playoff teams and one potential playoff team. Three, all three great teams. The first place schedule. Yes, it's the first place <laughs> schedule. So if we yeah. win the next two, win one of those three, and then win our final games against the Carolina Panthers, the Titans again, and uh, I can't remember who else, but it was uh, the Bucks. If, if we win those games, we're going to be fine. Even if the Texans win every other game, we're going to be fine. Biggest thing is getting those these next two wins. And I think we can. Like I said, the, the, the team turns around really well after they have poor showings. Houston as a team isn't great. C.J. Stroud is amazing. He's been playing out of his goddamn mind. He's going to win Rookie of the Year. He's in the MVP conversation. But there's a reason that he's having to make these plays at the end of games for them to win. It's because their defense isn't that good. And their roster as a whole isn't that great. So I mm. think as long as the Jags can play to their potential, we'll win the next two. Okay. Well, we'll see. I think it's. it's so, it, look, <laughs> I know you're rooting against we, me, Mike. No, I'm not rooting against you. I'm just saying it's funny how we, not just us, there were people who were picking the Jags to go to the Super Bowl this year. So everyone thought that the Jags were going to just steamroll their way through the AFC South. It wasn't even going to be a challenge. It was kind of the, the, the winning the division was the afterthought. Like, yeah, like we, we've got the division, like, but how deep are they going to go in the playoffs? And now it's like, wait a minute. People are talking about CJ Stroud, not just as rookie of the year, but league MVP. And right. so, it, I mean, it's interesting. It just makes it interesting. I'm rooting for the Jags to still win the division for you, but I just think it's interesting that it's going to come down to it. It's just unfortunate that the Jags and Texans don't play each other like week 17. I think it's because the NFL didn't think the Texans would be in the playoff picture in week 17 to put them against Jacksonville. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's entirely fair. Uh, speaking of playoff picture, are the Bengals cooked? I know they have a, a crazy schedule coming up as well. Yeah, like the Bills. I mean, it's just the um, the math is not on their side pending. Like, okay, so they play Thursday night against Baltimore in Baltimore. Baltimore's coming off of a loss, uh, so they're going to be prepared for that. Then you play the Pittsburgh Steelers, who, despite what you see on television, they always play everybody tough. So even though their offense has not looked impressive, they've still found a way to get to 6-3. and three. They have a better record than the Buffalo Bills. Um, and uh, they play Jacksonville. You know, it's going to be the, the story we are going to hear every time Jacksonville – and the Bengals play is going to be like a rematch of Clemson versus SU, the national championship game, Joe Burrow versus Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> it's going to be an exciting game that's going to be in Jacksonville. Um, then they play the Vikings, uh, who have won five straight. They now have the longest active win streak in the NFL. Oh, I'm going to be a huge um, Vikings Pitt fan that week. Yep. You play Pittsburgh again as Cincinnati in Pittsburgh near the end of the year. Then you go you go at Pittsburgh, at Kansas City, and then you play the Cleveland Browns in your season finale, who, by the way, Joe Burrow, if there's one team that he's struggled against consistently, it is the Cleveland Browns. Yep. You can imagine that. Um, so I think the Bengals might not make the playoffs. Yeah, and and Nick, even in the chat, uh, predicted that it's going to be the Steelers, Browns, and Texans in the playoffs with the wild card spots. Well, that's who it is right now. So it's, yeah. that's a pretty that's a pretty easy pick to take. Sorry, Nick. Yeah. But so maybe that wasn't a prediction. Maybe he was just saying who it is right now. But it's yeah, a good that's, prediction. Yeah, I mean, so so for just for fun, right now as it stands, the Jags would be the three seed, and they'd be playing the Cleveland Browns in round one. Then it's Houston playing Baltimore, Pittsburgh playing Miami. So as a Jags fan, do you like that matchup playing the Cleveland Browns in the first uh, in the Super Bowl? Of all the teams, I prefer to play Pittsburgh. Of all the teams, okay. Pittsburgh is the least scary team. I would say, right? Wouldn't you agree? Uh, yeah. They barely got no. by the Packers yesterday. 
Hey, breaking news. Syracuse beat Colgate. Let's go. I was there last year sitting in the seventh <laughs> row, and we lost to Colgate embarrassingly. They beat us by like 25. So that's why it's breaking news, and that's Three awesome. 3-0, and o, baby. Overcame Colgate, finally. It's I think Colgate beat us two years in a row. So let's go. Let's go, Orange. Mm. Uh, yeah, and, and once again, the Kansas City Chiefs are the number one seed right now in the AFC. So that means that if they make it to the AFC Championship game again, it'll be a sixth year in a row at Arrowhead. But they basically just should always have the AFC Championship game in that stadium. <laughs> oh, yeah, like, like like Nick Wright calls it, what does he call it? The, the, the Arrowhead Invitational or something is what he calls yeah. the AFC Championship game. <laughs> Oh man! Shout out to uh, Ian Poseidon with the subscription, eighteen months, and then David, David with twenty-one months of sub- subscribing. Let's go Orange! Let's go Orange! Well, uh, like we said, the the AFC South race is going to be crazy. The the Cincinnati Bengals are really going to have to turn around here. I'm sure they were not expecting to lose this game, as were not the uh, Bengals fans as well. AFC, it's going to be a wild race. The Jaguars could be in the wild card race too if, if we end, end up losing some games we're not supposed to so um yeah regardless it's gonna be fun speaking of fun well i guess the opposite of fun giants stink mike yep yeah they're terrible all right next <laughs> yeah uh, real quick real quick <laughs> okay. real no so good news good news on the giants front the Cardinals won. Cardinals won, and the Bears won. So the Giants moved up to pick number three in the NFL draft. So they have pick number three as it stands right now. So inching closer to that number one pick. The the the, the silver lining of a bad year is to have a good pick. That's why I said about the Bills earlier. For that long span without Sean McDermott as their head coach, they were mediocre enough to not make the playoffs, but they weren't bad enough to get a great draft pick. So let's see if this... Let's see if we can uh, get close to that number one pick, baby. Uh, Ian, wait, Ian says in the chat, the Panthers have the first pick. I, I said we're pick, we're pick number three. We're pick and number three. Or No, he was just saying the Panthers have the first pick. And then he's like, oh, wait, and then crying emoji. Uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> are they going to take another quarterback two years in a row? Well, well no, they, they, they're giving away their pick. I believe they, oh, don't, ha- right. they don't have yeah, the pick. Yeah. Have so, yes. <laughs> so I think that was the joke, but no, I mean, Hey, you, you guys are trending in the right direction to get that number one or early pick to get one of those top two quarterbacks. This game was obviously, it went as expected. There's a reason I yeah. ticked them as my lock. The Cowboys have owned you guys for a while now. Um, you guys only lost by 32 this time. It's better than 40. Yeah, progress. You you you'd asked me, you know, it was a 17 and a half point spread and you said do you think the Giants will cover? And I told you absolutely not. And I was correct. <laughs> you, you were indeed correct. I don't know if I've ever heard someone be so confident that a team wasn't going to cover a 17 and a half point spread. But here we are. Um all right. Yeah. That 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 all is right. the full quota of our Giants. Giants have a chance to win this weekend. It'll probably be their last win of the year if they get it. There we go. All right, so let's talk about a team that is absolutely surging. That is the Minnesota Vikings. They now have the longest winning streak in the NFL. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe it's four wins. Could be five, one or the other. I'll double check that in a second. It's five wins, according to Bunny Mike Gilchrist. They start off one and four. They're now five, uh, six and four. Sorry. Yeah, they start off one and four. They're now six and Damn, four. Damn, six and four, man, after starting one and four. What a run. 
And part of that run has been led by Josh Dobbs, who, against all odds, has played out of his goddamn mind, has led this team to two straight wins. Um, last week, the miraculous uh, win against the Atlanta Falcons, and then this week against the New Orleans Saints. Um, what, are you, what are your thoughts on the Minnesota Vikings? Do you think Josh Dobbs has the capabilities to get the Vikings into the playoffs and have them make a little bit of a run in a weaker national football conference. Okay. Uh, to answer the first question. Yes. I think he has the capability to lead the team um, to uh, a playoff berth. And that's because the NFC is super, super weak. Um, you know, cause again, the Josh Dobbs thing kind of feels, um, I, I think it's been fun and exciting, but it kind of feels like the Jeremy Lynn like for the Knicks. Like it's like, it's exciting for a few weeks. <laughs> but then it might die down. I could see that happening. Like, I'm not trying to poo-poo on the Vikings. They're having a great run right now. But that's just how I see it. Now, as it stands, they're the seventh seed in the NFC. And that would mean they're playing Detroit in the first round. And I think the Detroit Lions would smoke them. And I think that um, Detroit won't even be the two seed. And I think they could be the number one seed because they have an easier schedule than Philly. Philly has a really tough schedule coming up. And so if it's Vikings versus Philly going to Lincoln Financial Field, sorry, the Eagles are going to smack you off the, the, the face. of the, If Daniel Jones beats you in the first round, then Jalen Hurts is going to knock you out. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but the and Vikings, then, I want the Lions over the Eagles. Right now, because you know, if, you're, if you're the Vikings, you're most likely going to play one of three teams in the first round, Philly, Detroit, or San Francisco. And you're not beating any, three, uh, any of those teams. Yeah. So no, yes, I think the Vikings can make the playoffs. Can they do anything once they get there? Absolutely not. <laughs> man just not even giving them any chance money mike you know you're always just I'm, love to shit on the underdog it's, just, it's unfortunate no because no, the, the afc <laughs> is so much more interesting than the nfc but you know why because the afc you can make an argument as to anybody can be anybody because every team is so like really really good and they also have shown some weaknesses even the kansas city chiefs the nfc is so top heavy you've got the eagles the lions and the 49ers are clearly far and away the best three teams in that conference and then there's everybody else so, yeah, will Seattle make the playoffs? Yes. Will Dallas make the playoffs? Yes. Who knows who's going to come out of the uh, AFC South, but whoever hey, wins man, that Hey, man, Dallas division... was close to beating the Eagles. I, I, they're in. They're in. <laughs> Drew. They can beat them. They can. Drew. Drew. They won't. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they won't. It's Dallas. Uh, they won't. Yeah, fair enough. What can fair go enough. wrong will go wrong for the Dallas Cowboys. It, it is basically a religion in this country. That is what happens. That is a certainty. All right. The Money Mike certain call. He loves to give them. Yes. All right. So Money Mike saying the Vikings aren't going to make a run. I think they're going to make a run. All no, right. They're gonna make I, think, I think if they play the Lions, they have a solid chance of winning. Divisional opponent. We, we haven't seen them play each other yet this season, right? They still have to play each other twice. Yeah. Yeah, so so we don't even know what that matchup's going to look like yet. We haven't seen them play each other twice twice yet. I'm saying when it counts, Detroit will beat them. All right, all right. You know, the Detroit Lions, the, the classic strong playoff performer. You know, the Lions have shown years of playoff experience where they're able oh, to Oh, yeah, beat, and the Vikings have shown that they can do damage in the playoffs. <laughs> you know? Yeah. What? Yeah, so there you go. Even playing field. Clean slate. I'm rooting for the Vikings. Fuck you, Mike. I'm on Steve's side. All right. <laughs> Apparently now Mike's anti-Bill, but he's now anti-Vikings. All right. I said they'd go to the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next game we want to talk about here is a shocker. 
Uh, Baltimore Ravens fall to the Cleveland Browns 33-31 to in Baltimore in a game where Baltimore was leading by, what was it, 14 points in the fourth quarter. They were up 31-17. And then Lamar Jackson, of all people, throws a killer pick six to give the Browns life, give them an opportunity, and then the Browns were able to take advantage. They got a quick stop after that. Uh, Deshaun Watson did enough to get them into range, and they were at, Dustin Hopkins was able to hit the game-winning field goal after the Lamar Jackson pick six. Uh, just a disappointing loss for the Baltimore Ravens in an AFC North matchup. These AFC North matchups are always so damn close, so damn con- contested. And uh, this just made the AFC playoff picture that much more interesting. Yeah, it did. And, 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 you know, Lamar Jackson's pick six was a tip ball. It wasn't like it was a bad decision sure. or a bad throw like Josh Allen. Um, it was a, you know, a tip ball. And Bill's fans <laughs> is catching strays. What the hell, Mike? <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I mean, look, Baltimore killed Cleveland the first time. Cleveland showed they were forced to be reckoned with in this matchup, that they wouldn't go away because they were down by double digits at frequent points in this game. Um, and uh, they just kept coming back. And to steal it at the end the way they did is going to instill confidence in their locker room. And the fact is, this division's wide open. Like, yeah, the Ravens have a one-game lead, but they play the Bengals on Thursday night, and the Bengals are desperate for a win. Bengals win that one, and Cleveland wins their next matchup against Pittsburgh, I believe, then it is going to be uh, wide open for anybody to take. And the fact that Cleveland was able to get to a point where they've split with Baltimore, it's not like Baltimore beat them twice. You know, Baltimore had the advantage going into this game on Sunday, and they lost it. So now it makes it that much more interesting. And Cleveland really needed that win in the division race because you lost to Pittsburgh, you lost to Baltimore, you did beat Cincinnati. So if you were to lose again to Baltimore, you really, you know, when it, if it comes down to tiebreakers in this division, that, that was going to be detrimental to how that plays out. So yeah, it was huge for Cleveland. Um, it's not like Deshaun Watson was particularly great. Um, and he hasn't really been, uh, but there's still time They've for been him. They've been winning think. despite his play. They have not been winning because of his play. Right, right. So, <laughs> um, it, it, the AFC North, man, I mean, you've got, I mean, going into last week, all four teams were in the playoff, mm-hmm. had a playoff spot. Now the Bengals have fallen one playoff spot out. They're the eighth seed, but everyone else is in. Um, it could still work out to where all four teams make the playoffs, and that would just be insane. Yeah. Um, but what's what's going to happen, though, is they start playing each other. They're going to start beating each other up, and they're going to start getting some losses there. So it probably will only be two, maybe three of them make it. But um, I I still like Baltimore to win it. I still yeah. like Baltimore the best out of – I think their defense is the best of the of all Baltimore's four. Baltimore's the most talented team. Yeah. Let's say. Yeah. On both sides of the ball. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, we'll see how it plays out, but – like I said, the AFC is a fun watch. You know what wasn't a fun watch, but still an AFC game, though? The, the Jets versus the Raiders on Sunday night. And congrats to you. You were able to pick the Raiders first. Um, the Raiders. No, you the picked Raiders. the Jets. No, no, no. You picked the Jets. I was so pissed because I was going to pick the Raiders as my lock pick of the week. And I'm going to be like, oh, when Drew's picking the random game, you pick this game. And you got to pick first. And I'm thinking, oh, fuck, he's going to pick the Raiders. And then you're like, I'm going to go with the Jets. And I lit up. I was like. <laughs> man the jets offense is so bad man it, it, it is Brees hall is a great player garrett wilson great player other other than that being led by zach wilson it's just like oh this was such a boring game i fell asleep during it 
yeah, it was not, it wasn't great. And um, it's not, not a game that you are going to be telling your friends about at work or, uh, you know, when you see them uh, over the weekend, but uh, it was uh, good for Antonio Pierce. He's really gotten through to those guys and they were playing hard for him and they haven't given up. I think that if Josh McDaniels were coaching these last two games, they'd look quite different. Probably not against the Giants, but you know, hey, uh, <laughs> it would have been a seventeen to six loss. And look, the are the Giants and the Jets good teams? No, um, but if you're a team that is really feeling low about yourselves and about your culture, and you a new voice is brought in and a new energy is brought in, and then you win the first two games with that new voice and that new energy, they are in the same boat right now as the Buffalo Bills on the outside trying to look in. But if they could string some more wins together, they could be that team that gets that final spot. They I'm they're they're fighting it. for that final spot, and I think that I, I I'm not writing the Raiders off yet. Just like I'm not completely writing off the Bills, which yeah. is sad that I'm comparing the Raiders and the Bills in the same category. <laughs> yeah, and this was this was a great decision by Al Davis, man. I mean, I mean to let McDaniel's go because you knew it was inevitably going to happen eventually. Yeah. To let him go in front of two games that the right Raiders not only could win, but were expected to win, right? So it really builds that momentum for the new coach. It really brings the team morale up in a time where they're winning. There's a, there's no better feeling than winning in the NFL, right, for these players. So I think building that momentum and like is what is making it so the Raiders are in the conversation this late into the season where they definitely would not have with Josh McDaniel still at the helm. So good on the Raiders. Um, I'll, I'll be, I'll be pulling for them, you know, unless the Jaguars find themselves in a wild card race, then uh, I, I don't care about them, but, um, it, it's, uh, they're, they're a nice story. And obviously you have a soft spot in your heart for Antonio Pierce as well. So. Absolutely. You know, champion with us. And, uh, you know, he was very important to that team that beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl in 07. Um, so yeah, uh, cheers to Pierce. I, it was hard for me to be like, going Antonio Pierce's first game as a head coach because it was against the Giants. But now that that's over with and they kicked our ass, uh, I can just salute from afar and be like, yo, good luck, man. There you go. Well, I am not going to salute you from afar, um, even though you are starting to gain some ground on our picking challenge. I believe two weeks I, I found myself in a comfortable six-game lead, and it has come down to four. Um, I currently lead 23 games called correctly to your 19. Last week, both of us picked, or uh, no, I picked the Cowboys over the Giants, easiest eliminator pick of my life. And then you picked uh, the, I already forgot again. Jesus, I just asked you earlier. I, I was going to pick the Raiders, but because we picked it as our uh, game that was random, I switched it to the Steelers. And uh, thankfully, they held on when I was getting nervous there at the end. <laughs> yeah, that, that was a close one there, too. So you still only have two lives gone in your eliminator challenge, and I have one. Um, so let's move on to the picks for week 11 of the NFL season. And we are officially uh, deep into the NFL season past week 10 into the double digits. As I said last week, we've got a fun slate of games starting off with the Bengals versus the Ravens. This is probably the most exciting Thursday night football matchup we have all season, uh, not counting the first game of the season. Um, so I'm excited to see that. But the first game that we have that we're going to be picking today is between your New York Giants and the Washington Commanders, the second matchup between these two teams, this time in Washington, a team that you say the Giants have historically owned. Are you going to be picking the Giants here today? 
Yeah, I mean, it's uh, no team has ever beaten another opponent in NFL history more than the Giants have beaten Washington. It is only one game ahead of the all-time record uh, for wins for the Green Bay over Chicago. So it's not like they're super far ahead of them, but it's it's the most. Um, and Jerry Seinfeld had a funny bit where he talked about how sports is basically rooting for laundry. You're rooting for people who are wearing the clothes that you like. Uh, so, and what happens is the people that are wearing the Giants uniforms tend to beat the players who are wearing the Washington uniforms. It seems to happen every single time. I think this is the last opportunity the Giants have to win a game this season. And that being the case, and knowing that I'm behind you in picks and that you won't pick the Giants, I'm going to pick the Giants and hope that they do win, and I catch you on that. And if they don't, the silver lining, once again, is they're going to be closer to getting that number one overall pick. But this will be the last opportunity the Giants have to win a game this year, I think. And I think this will be the week they do it. They always do well against Washington. I'm picking the Giants. Okay. Tommy DeVito is still starting, right? Yes. (laughs) I know I was dumb to pick the Commanders last time. I'm not changing it this time. I'm going with the Commanders again. I cannot pick, I cannot willfully pick a team that is running Tommy DeVito out there at quarterback to win an NFL game. I just can't do it. Legitimately, the little amounts of Giants football I've seen over the past few weeks has made me feel so bad for you that you've had to sit and watch that. It it is some of the the worst offensive football I think I've ever seen. Would you agree? It's not good. It's not good. <laughs> I, I'm not confident in this pick, but you know what? I don't care. It's the last chance they have to win a game. So I'm going to just, uh, like I said, I'm not rooting for them to lose. I'm just saying that it is beneficial to lose by getting the number one pick. And I think that that will probably be the case. But I think this is a game where they could win. It only took 14 points to beat Washington last time. They could Washington couldn't move the ball against us. It's true. It's true. So. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, I'm picking the commanders here. Uh, let's move on to the next game here. Tennessee Titans at Jacksonville Jaguars. A must win from my standpoint um, against the Tennessee Titans, who are kind of reeling at this point. They lost 20-6 to last week against the Tampa Bay Bucks. Seems like the Will Levis project is kind of falling back down to earth a little bit after he's looked decent over his first couple weeks. I think that, that kind of happens with rookie quarterbacks that start strong, unless your name is C.J. Stroud. His defenses kind of start figuring out what your tendencies are, and then you you kind of have to counteract that. So, um, yeah. W- w- what are your thoughts on this game? Are you picking the Titans just to fuck me over? No, I'm picking the. I I think the Jags bounce back and they win this game. Okay. Yeah. You're not trying to to build uh, that uh, difference in the score once again. I'm picking the Jacksonville Jaguars here as well. They're, we have no business losing this game, and I'm going to fucking lose my mind if we lose this game. If our yeah. if our season goes in flames because of the Tennessee Titans this early in the season, after we just went on a five game winning streak, I don't know what I'll do. True. There are seven weeks left in the year. I'm not going to catch you all in one week. So I have to be strategic about this. And if I'm there going to go. possibly sacrifice some ground, I can't, you know, I, I gotta be smart. I gotta be smart. All right. Well, do you think the smart pick is to pick the New York Jets at the Buffalo Bills? The Buffalo Bills have lost to the Jets once already this season. Um, they are obviously reeling, but they did make some changes at the co- coaching position. And obviously, as we've seen over the years, that can give a little bit of a spark for a team. Yeah, the New York Jets are not good, and there's no way the Jets are going to sweep the Bills. So no, I'm not going to fall into the trap and pick the Jets. I'm going to pick the Buffalo Bills to bounce back and win 
And my God, if they lose this game too, <laughs> they might not win another game. <laughs> like, like, I'm sorry. I am a pseudo pseudo Bills fan. Last night was painful, but it was also kind of funny. It just, was hilarious. Just, just, just the, the pure meltdown that I knew Bills fans were having. I felt so bad for the, the fans in that stadium. It, it was kind of funny. I, like It was terrible to watch, and I felt so bad. But j- just the amount of mistakes was, was shocking. Did, did, did Kristen just shrug her shoulders and go, yeah, they suck? Because she, she kind of knows. She went to bed. She didn't even watch it. <laughs> no, she went She went to bed at like halftime. She's like, I'm done. I, I, I can't. This team sucks. She, she she wanted me to tell you that she is she is officially out. She's done on the Bills this season, um, which it sounds like a lot of Bills fans are. Um, All right. So, <laughs> Nick in the chat says, I was offered tickets to the Jets game and declined. Very fair. <laughs> <laughs> Very fair. Um, last game we'll pick here. I mean, I assume this is the game you would want to pick as well. Super Bowl rematch. Well- Sunday Monday Night Football? No, I no, and that that was the game. But I also I wanted to for this week, for this week, let's have two random games. Oh, so you want to add more games so you can potentially come back? Well, that that's a benefit. But if I lose both, then it, then that's a stupid strategy. No, I'm okay. just saying there's two games on here that are really good. There's the two first games, and the last one. Yeah, yeah, the Bengals Ravens to kick off the weekend, and then the Super Bowl rematch to end the weekend. So how about this? We both get to choose which game we want to pick. Who we want to pick? Right. Okay. okay. And we pick both games. It's up to you. We can stick with one game if you want, because it's what we always do. We can go with the Super Bowl game. You make the call. We'll do. We'll do. We'll do two games. I will okay, humor which... you, Mike. All right. So since I came up with this idea, you get to pick which game do you want to pick first and choose your team. I mean, they're both coin tosses, really. Um, let's let's pick the uh, Kansas City Philadelphia game first. I'm picking the Kansas City Chiefs. Okay. And... No. Let's... That's yeah. really because I have a little brother complex with the Kansas City Chiefs at this point. Um, so uh, I just can't see them losing. Yeah, I will be rooting for that pick to be correct because everyone on this podcast knows I hate the Philadelphia Eagles. So that means I have to back the Eagles here. Uh, but that's okay. That's okay. I came up with this scenario. Um, so um, that means that I get my first choice at the Bengals-Ravens. And I think that the Ravens are going to beat them. And I think that the Ravens who almost beat the Bengals last year in the playoffs without Lamar Jackson in Cincinnati are going to be able to win on a short week in Baltimore against the Bengals who are coming off of a demoralizing loss to the Houston Texans. So I'm taking Baltimore. I don't think I've officially said, by the way, I'm also picking the bills. Um, I, yeah, I don't think I ever said that. So yeah. uh, All right. that leaves me, leaves me with the Bengals, which means now money Mike has the opportunity to come within one game of me in our overall standings because I, yeah, I have a four-game lead. He can get three on me this week. Yeah, could happen. I, I think that Giants-Washington pick probably will not help me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is, a, uh, this is a Hail Mary for Money Mike adding this extra game. We'll see how this works out. Uh, Mike, I'll let you let us or give us your Eliminator pick first. So I, like I had said, I mapped these out all season long and the stupid Tampa Bay Buccaneers fucked me over in two of those games. Uh, one, when I picked against them, one I picked for them and they will be relevant. They will be relevant in the pick this week because I'm picking their opponent, the San Francisco 49ers. 
as my eliminator pick. This is I've, I've saved San Francisco deep in the year. I'm using them then. I plan to use them this week from the beginning of the season because I thought Tampa Bay was only going to win two games. Um, and so, <laughs> but no, San Francisco is going to win at home against Tampa Bay. Baker Mayfield does not stand a chance to go there and win. All right. So I was also going to pick this game. Keyword was. Ooh. Now, now for fun and to make this funny and to put a lot of pressure on the, uh, eliminator pick. You already know where I'm going with this. I am going I to pick the Washington Commanders to beat the New York Giants. That is my lock. I am locking against the Giants two weeks in a row until Tommy DeVito stops being the starting quarterback for the New York Giants. I cannot willingly not pick the team that's playing against them. I'm sorry. And you, haven't used Washington. you haven't used Washington yet? <laughs> I have not used Washington yet. I can guarantee that. Oh. <laughs> uh. God. All right. Well, what you need to do then is if the Giants somehow win and Danny DeVito just has this game where he plays well, uh, you have to put on Twitter <laughs> F Washington. <laughs> well, if Danny DeVito plays well, then I'll be happy regardless because that, that'd be pretty cool. You mean Tommy DeVito? Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> he hasn't earned the right to be called by his real name. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> No, that that's that puts a lot of pressure on that commander's game. I'm going to be watching that intensely. Um <laughs> which is sad to say. <laughs> All right. Real quick, Mike. Celtics update. Sounds like they've kind of turned it around after their losing streak a little bit. Yeah, I mean, losing streak. They lost just two games in a row um, in an 82-game season. Yeah, no, they lost uh, last week right before we did our show the, on Monday night against the Timberwolves in overtime. And I was like, huh, they're still undefeated in regulation at full strength. And the next game they had, they lost in regulation at full strength to the Philadelphia 76ers. Um, who you apparently who own, money. They do. They do, <laughs> typically. All right. Let's just put it. Let, let, let's just remember who always wins in the playoffs. All right. All right. All right. Um, yeah. So the Sixers won, but then we beat the Nets in our play-in tournament game. Uh, and then we beat the Raptors, and last night we beat the Knicks. So we've won three straight. We play the Philadelphia 76ers again in Philadelphia again uh, tomorrow night. So hopefully we can uh, exact revenge and um, get ourselves a win. And then we play the Raptors again on Friday. So our, our Wednesday and Friday schedule two weeks in a row has been in the exact same. And speaking of the Celtics, these released today, and I got myself a pair. They are the new Jason Tatum ones i shared these on the show i have the all red version these are called the green strike they are celtic colors black and green those you got are pretty the sick. jordan logo you got the signature with jason tatum there so yeah yeah match the celtic colors match a lot of my wardrobe so yeah, for those our, are fucking clean yeah so for our uh for our listening audience they're called green strike jason tatum ones for the jordan brand if you want to google them uh, this is my second pair of Tatum ones. Love it. So I, I, I saw, I, I Googled as soon as I saw Jason wear them in one of the games, I'm like, when are those releasing? And they said, November 14th. I saw the Celtics owner wearing them, uh, yesterday courtside. So I was like, I have to get these shoes. So today at work, I Googled where they were in, in the Dick sporting goods, either at destiny or route 31, right down the street from my apartment. Unfortunately, they were not at the Dick's right by my apartment. So I went to the one in Syracuse, the city of Syracuse at Destiny, USA. Uh, people around here still call it Carousel. 
and uh, got myself a pair. There you go. Love them. Well, I uh, I would like to show you one greater, and that is a black croc. You oh. can see here, very comfortable. You can even put it in sport mode. Pretty crazy, huh? High value stuff right here. Don't see. You know, they should there. have you. They should have you on sneaker shopping with Complex with those. <laughs> as a guest, <laughs> they definitely should. No, but those are some pretty sick shoes, man. I like it. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, the Boston Celtics looking good. Um, you know who else is looking good? The Houston Rockets. Shout out to them. Wait, really? <laughs> <laughs> I actually think they are playing it pretty well, aren't they? Let's see. I mean, they have our they have our former coach, Ime Udoka, is now the coach of the Houston Rockets. There you go. Um, They've won one. Two, okay, no, they're six and three. Yeah, I mean, they played. They well just against beat the, the Nuggets. They just beat the Nuggets two nights ago, man. That's a big win. I'm telling you, man. Yeah. Rockets are the new kings. The Kings are still the Kings. <laughs> They're still good. I know, I know. But no, it's uh But the, the James Harden experiment has not been working for the Clippers. They haven't won a game with him yet. Yeah, they haven't even looked good. Like, like they've looked uh, considerably worse since he joined the team. And the the NBA is uh it's something. These early season I, I feel like this happened last year too with the Jazz, right? There's always those teams where like, wow, they actually look really good. And then you get 20 teams in, 20 games in, and you're like, okay, now I guess they're kind of falling back into who we expected. Right. Yeah, they're the teams that are winning that you aren't surprised, like the Denver Nuggets, like the Sixers, like the Celtics, like the Heat. Those teams are winning games. That's not surprising. But then you see a team like the Rockets, and you're like, oh, wow. But it's like, they're not going to do anything. Come on. <laughs> right. No, exactly. Um, real quick here with uh, Mixed Martial Arts News, huge card this past weekend, UFC 295, two uh, title fights. To headline the card, uh, the co-main event was an interim heavyweight title fight between Tom Aspinall and Sergey Pavlovich. Uh, two massive heavy, hitter, heavy hitters and Tom Aspinall with the win. So he potentially could be facing your boy John Johnny Bones Jones in the future for the heavyweight title, which will be cool. Um, and then I, on the top left, the main event was Alex Pereira versus uh, Yuri Prohoshka for the light heavyweight title. Very great fight. Every single fight on this card uh was uh had was a finish no decisions um which makes for a very exciting night and uh, even as a casual fan i'm sure that's something that you prefer mike is is watching highlight real knockouts and, and finishes as opposed to long decisions where they're just kind of point fighting right right uh, you know i i've never really trusted decisions when it comes to fights it's like because i think that personal bias comes into the, the the ruling um so i've never been a big fan of that but what are you gonna do? That you can't keep fighting till one like you know, you know, fight to the death. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Until somebody dies. But like, it's funny. I, I I did not hear about any names in this ticket in terms of like no names jumped out at me. All I saw in terms of people talking about this weekend's fights was that Donald Trump was there. Yeah, and that people, oh, the, you know, there's Donald Trump with Dana White and there's Tucker Carlson behind them. Ah, Don Jr. is there too. And I'm like, okay. People go crazy every time they show him Trump on the screen. I know UFC they fans do. love Trump. <laughs> yeah, I, it's all, I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah. He's at the game. Yeah, yeah, it's because the fights were. Fight? Yeah, the fights were in New York City at Madison Square Garden, so that that's why it was why he was there. And 
It was supposed to be headlined by John Jones and uh, Stipe Miocic. Uh, unfortunately, that didn't happen. Um, but it was still a great night of fights overall, and really enjoyed them. Um, yeah. And then the last thing we wanted to cover here was Syracuse basketball. As you said before, Syracuse getting their revenge on the toothpaste that is Colgate. Um, so they are now three and zero against the Col <laughs> after defeating the Colgate Raiders. Uh, also, shout out very quickly in adjacent to Syracuse basketball, Syracuse men's soccer. Per Nick in the chat, back at the NCAA tournament at home Thursday night, a mathematical chance at a repeat. Mike, are you excited? Uh, yeah. Can't you tell? I'm just... <laughs> All right. You know what? Hey, th- this Thursday night, I have nothing on my calendar. No Celtics games. No Giants. Oh wait, wait. Ravens and Bengals. Uh, that's gonna be far, far more interesting. So <laughs> I'll be watching that. Yeah, no, that's entirely fair. But Syracuse basketball, man, they're starting off three and zero. A great start to Adrian Autry's ten- tenure as the men's basketball coach, obviously against not great competition in Colgate, Canisius, and New Hampshire. Um, yeah. But a good way to start. All respect to Jim Beheim, but I did think it was funny that, uh, that somebody was like, the Jim Beheim era is officially over. Syracuse not playing zone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I haven't been able to watch any Syracuse basketball games yet this season, so I- I'm excited. I believe they're playing Tennessee. Is that next? Is that their next game? It, it, that was early. I, I think that, yeah, it, if it's not the next game, it's probably like one or two after that. Uh, um, okay, so they play... <laughs> they play no, they play Tennessee and... next. Oh. Do they? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm looking at the Monday, basketball schedule. Monday the 20th uh, on ESPN2 at 2.30. Uh, Perfect. So I'll be at work while this is going on. <laughs> oh, yeah. What the heck? But, Why is uh, it at 2.30 in the afternoon? That's such a big game, and there, there's just... It's a terrible time. Well, remember, Tennessee's ranked, but Syracuse is not. So yeah, that's true. big game. Yeah. Syracuse is not getting the respect. Or actually, they haven't earned the respect that they were, you know, four or five years ago. So Right. You know. No, that's true. Um, but, yeah, big game. I, I'll be excited to watch that one and see how this new look Syracuse Orange team looks. Yeah, easier for you. You work from home. I, I You know, <laughs> I got to, like, sneak watches on my phone at my job. Yeah, I know. I know. I, I live a cushy life, buddy, Mike. Yeah bastard all right (laughs) (laughs) all right well that concludes our show for this week money mike any final final thoughts for the listeners for the the folks in chat shout out to nick padula dave uh ian poseidon everybody who's hung out with in chat with us today uh you know what i uh i'd like to if the bills lose to the jets they are welcome to join me at loser lodge with the giants where you know that you're going to be among fans who know their season's already over so Bills fans are still probably holding out hope. I think they're 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 not as hopeful as they probably were before last night's game. But uh, no, hey, it's not that bad. Once you accept your team stinks, and you're not going to make the playoffs. You you realize your life still goes on. You know the sun still comes up. There are other things to look forward to, like Celtics okay. basketball. Celtics basketball, new stuff. You know it's uh all good. Life is good. The fact that we are able to spend. Over an hour a week talking sports to whoever is willing to listen. We thank you so much, as always, for supporting us. This has been a lot of fun. At this point, the Giants are out. The Bills are basically toast. The Jags are uh, on thin ice, surprisingly, after one loss. The Minnesota Vikings are looking pretty good. So I would say another damn sport podcast is not trending in the right direction in terms of how their teams are doing. But we're hoping that we could at least see someone make a run in the playoffs. I am Drew Torres. He is Money Mike Gilchrist, and I hope you all enjoy week 11 of the NFL season.